Welcome to the Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy and the core business sectors that drive Houston's growth. I'm your host, AJ Mastretta. On today's episode, we're chatting with Partnership Director of Research, Ruel Martinez, about Energy 2.0. We'll discuss what the term means and how Houston is working to develop this important segment of the energy industry. Ruel, thanks for joining me today. Hey, glad to be here. Well, when we talk about Energy 2.0, what do we mean by the term itself? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Energy 2.0, we sometimes call it new energy. Simplifying the term to one definition is not easy. It's not an easy thing. Yeah. But we tried. We gave it a shot. And we basically came up with a three-tier definition. So, okay. so new energy is one. It's renewable and alternative energy generation. These are the carbon neutrals. Secondly, it's... It's the wave of technological innovation that's transforming both the carbon neutrals and the traditional oil and gas industries, the hydrocarbons. And then third, it's the smart energy grid that, you know, distributes all of this energy to us in the in the form of electricity. Gotcha. So it's not an end all be all definition. You know, the changing nature of new energy means that this definition is evolving. It's fluid and it's definitely to be adapting. So the definition of new energy is renewables, innovation in both renewables and oil and gas, and the smart grid. Could you elaborate a little little more, and where do things like solar, wind, and carbon capture fall? Yeah, so so looking at the world's energy resources, right? On one side, you have the carbon neutrals, and on the other side, you have the hydrocarbons. So under the carbon neutrals, those are sometimes called, um, you know, green energy, sustainables, clean tech. We have the renewables of solar, wind, hydro, geothermal, and biomass, and then the alternatives, which right now is just nuclear energy. Now, under the hydrocarbons, and those are sometimes referred to as the fossil fuels Mm -hmm. and petroleum, that's where we find coal, we find oil, and we find natural gas. Uh, So it's these two energy sources that make up the carbon neutrals and the hydrocarbons. Then we have the, what we call the innovation tsunami, right? And it's it's all these new technologies that are washing over both the, the carbon neutrals and the hydrocarbons. So that first wave of tech kind of hit the oil and gas industry first. Hydraulic fracturing, horizontal and directional drilling, when we combined it with big data and automation, that's what gave us, you know, the modern shell oil revolution. But the real impact of the wave is just starting. And it's all about digitization. Okay. Right. That's that's the main crux of it all. These technologies, technologies like AI, uh, machine learning, predictive analytics, robotics, IoT, the Internet of Things, edge computing, even quantum computing is finding applications in both the renewables and in oil and gas. And there's another emerging technology as well, and it's carbon capture, use and storage, right? CCUS. And this mostly applies to the hydrocarbons. But CCUS is just that, right? It's capturing carbon emissions either at the source or directly from the air. It's using the carbon for industrial or commercial products and processes, transporting that carbon, usually with pipeline, and then storing that carbon long-term, usually underground. And then last, like I said, it's the energy power grid, Mm -hmm. right? So the grid is this vast interconnected network of power plants and transmission lines, substations, transformers, all kinds of crazy electrical equipment that deliver this energy to us in the form of electrical power, right? And the grid, I mean, it's fascinating. The grid has been dubbed the world's largest machine 
ever built. It's very likely the most important engineering feat of the modern era. And, you know, most of us take it for granted. Yeah. It's everywhere. We turn on the lights, right? We turn on the lights. (laughs) We plug in our cell phones. It is everywhere. Right. The problem is that the grid is old. Mm -hmm. It's outdated. And it's fallen apart. And most importantly, it can't really support all the new energy technologies and power generation. So the grid needs to be digitized from an obsolete analog system to to a computerized modern smart grid. Yeah. So renewable energy technology innovations apply to energy and then the smart energy grid. Those that's kind of the framework that defines energy 2.0. So let's talk a little bit about why this segment of the industry is so important to Houston. Houston is the energy capital of the world, right? There, there's no disputing that. But the world's energy mix is changing. Let's go back to 1850. Okay? 1850, 170 years ago. In 1850, only 5% of the world's energy came from fossil fuels. The rest came from human and animal labor. Yeah. Now, in just the span of 100 years, in 1950, that completely flipped. Mm. 95% of the world's energy came from fossil fuels, and that's mostly coal and oil. So where are we today? Today, fossil fuels generate about 80 to 70% of the world's energy, depending on what source you go to. Mm -hmm. The rest comes from renewables and nuclear. So because there is this growing demand for more carbon-neutral energy, the world's energy mix, it will continue to change. And Houston's energy sector, it's going to also have to change. Uh, It's going to have to adapt to this this new low-carbon environment. You know, the other big reason is this, this idea of the dual challenge. Now, our chairman, Bobby Tudor... You know, he talked about this at the partnerships annual meeting. AJ, you were there, right? Yeah, I heard it. Absolutely. Right. It's this idea that the the world's demand for energy is going to rapidly increase while at the same time, energy needs to be cleaner, greener and low carbon. So we have an 80 trillion dollar global economy, and that's going to double by 2040. In 2040, the world's population is going to add another one and a half billion people. We're going to hit 9.2 billion people in 2040. Yeah. During this time, the world's going to add, it's going to go from 1 billion cars to 2 billion cars. In China alone, every year, 20 million people leave the rural areas you know, to go live in the city. So this phenomenal growth is going to lift billions of people out of poverty. It's going to lift them into the middle class. And when these billions of people enter the middle class, guess what? We need more energy. Their wages go up. And they're going to demand much more energy. Yeah. For example, in the developing world, the average person uses 14 barrels of oil a year. In contrast, in the developing world, it's more like three barrels a year. So as the world continues developing, how are we going to meet that energy need? Yeah. And it brings us back to, to that idea of the dual challenge, right? As the energy capital of the world, Houston has to find a way to meet the global demand for energy. But it's got to be cleaner. It's got to be low carbon, oil and gas solutions, and it has to be more renewables and alternative energy sources. Let's talk a little bit about the various segments of Energy 2.0. And let's start with wind. What's happening in the Houston region in this arena in particular? Wind is king. (laughs) Wind is king in Texas. I mean, no doubt about it. Texas ranks first in the nation for both installed and under construction wind capacity. Hmm. 25 to 26,000 wind related jobs are here in Texas. Okay. That's uh that's one in four wind jobs in the entire country. Gotcha. Are here in Texas. 
I think most recently our state generates 29 gigawatts of wind power. That's so much wind power that if Texas were its own country, it would rank fifth in the world on wind power. 15,000 wind turbines in Texas, 157 online wind projects. We've got six gigawatts of wind under construction. Mm -hmm. 25% of the state's electricity capacity is wind energy. That's enough to power 7 million homes. Who are some of the players in wind in Houston? A lot of those large-scale wind farms are not here in Houston. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have to understand that. Most of those are located in in West Texas. Yeah. Uh, But many of the supporting industries are here in Houston. Engineering and managing these large, complex energy projects, that's what Houston does. Right. So many of the command and control operations for those wind farms take place in Houston, as well as parts manufacturing. You asked who are some of the who are some of the players of wind energy. Tracking wind energy companies is challenging. Tracking renewables in general is, is, is pretty hard. And that's because there's something called the North American Industry Classification System, the NAICS codes. Mm-hmm. And only a few years ago was wind energy added as an official industry. Okay. Uh, and only the power generation aspect, you know, not other supporting industries. So it's sometimes hard getting an accurate count. But right now we're tracking about 30 wind companies here in Houston. And okay. Some of the leading companies are, uh, we've got Cleanline Energy, mm-hmm. EDP Renewables, NG North America's here, GE Renewable Energy, Quanta, Pattern Energy, and Shell Wind Energy. Houston's wind companies are involved in everything from developing, building, and operating wind farms to manufacturing turbines, tower components, transmission lines, and parts. You've got maintenance and inspection. You, you even have wind energy storage taking place here in Houston. Switching to solar, who are some of the players there in Houston? It's not as strong here in the state. Texas currently ranks fifth in the nation for solar power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state currently generates about three gigawatts of solar energy. So two-thirds of that is generated from utility-scale you know, solar farms and solar parks, and the rest is uh, rooftop solar. But in total, Texas is home to somewhere near 10,000 solar jobs. Half of those jobs are in installation, mm-hmm. uh, mostly residential, but you got about 1,000 jobs that are in commercial and industrial installation as well. You have another 2,000 solar jobs that are in manufacturing, and the rest are in logistics, operation, and maintenance. There are about 100 solar companies in Houston. So some of the leading solar companies in Houston are Sonoba, uh, distributed power partners, EDP renewables as well. You know, they dabble both in wind and solar. You've got First Solar, Texas Outfitters, Vert Solar, and uh, NRG Energy. You know, Sonova is actually a really great story. I believe Sonova is Houston's first publicly traded renewable energy company, and it's headquartered in Houston's Galleria area. Okay. The company went public in 2019. Um, Now, Houston has a lot of other public companies. We've got a lot of them that are dabbling in renewables. But Sonova is primarily focused on just solar. So the company is a residential solar and battery storage provider. It's got 65,000 customers in 22 states. So Sonova is a huge, huge win for Houston. And I think Sonova signals to the industry that Houston is primed and we're gearing up for the new energy uh, the new energy future. Just kind of emblematic as, a, as an independent company of that transition, right? I think it's, I think so, absolutely. What about carbon capture and storage? What does that landscape look like? Carbon capture use and storage, CCUS, is, it's still in its infancy. Okay. 
Yeah, it's still brand new technology. There are only 51 large-scale CCUS facilities in the entire world. And of those, only 19 are online and operational. Uh, one of those is here in Houston, the, mm. the Petronova project. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, AJ, I, I want to give you a sense of the size and scope of a CCUS project, right? For you, for the yeah. listeners, I, I want to give you some sense of what these CCUS projects look like. So I want you to imagine a coal-fired power plant. Okay. Okay. An average size, not too, not too small, not too big. Now, I want you to picture all the coal that it burns in one year. Okay. And imagine all the CO2 that it generates while it's burning that coal. Right. Now imagine all that CO2 compressed, cooled into a liquid form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now imagine a football field, 100 yards long, 50 yards wide. And imagine that field is covered with liquid carbon 10 yards high. Okay. Okay. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty significant. <laughs> Multiplied by 600. Oh, wow. All right. 600 football fields filled with liquid carbon, 10 yards high. That's the typical CO2 emitted from one single coal plant. Gosh. Yeah. And there are thousands of coal plants in 95 countries around the world. And you still have to transport that carbon. Right. And you still have to store that carbon underground. So CCUS is a, is a wonderful technology, but it's definitely, definitely got a huge challenge to overcome. So, Roel, we talked a little bit about what's driving the energy transition, but like, elaborate on that a little bit more. What do you think are the big factors at work here? There's a lot of factors, but for me, there are three big drivers that kind of come to mind. One, it's an expanding global consciousness about climate change. Two, it's electric vehicles. And three, like I mentioned earlier, it's innovation. All right. So when it comes to climate change, environmental consciousness is expanding massively. Mm-hmm. And it's expanding beyond just smog and pollution to now greenhouse gases and now CO2 emissions. And this awareness, I think, is reaching all walks of life and industry, mm. right? So, for example, representing the youth, Greta Thunberg, yeah. right? That charismatic 17-year-old Swedish environmental activist who's, uh, who's gaining international recognition. You have Kristalia Gorgivev. She's the head of the International Monetary Fund. She said at the January 2020 World Economic Forum, she said she could not sleep at night after reading the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Report. And then you have someone like the CEO, Larry Fint. Larry Fint is the CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager. I mean, they manage $74 trillion in assets around the world. And his firm just came out and said, quote, we are going to put sustainable investment and tackling climate change at the heart of their investment strategy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So these are some big awakenings that are happening in all walks of life and in different industries. You know, secondly, I mentioned the EV, the electric vehicle. The electrification of the automobile, what it's done is it's, in a way, it's dethroned petroleum as the king in the realm of transportation. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, That's huge. Thanks to companies like Tesla Motors, EVs are now mainstream. They are proven alternative to their combustion engine counterparts. You know, I was talking recently to John Hoffmeister. He's the former president of Shell Oil. He's now the founder and CEO of Citizens for Affordable Energy. He said people are going to switch to EVs. It's inevitable. 
but not because they're concerned about the environment or CO2. That's not the predominant main reason, but because EVs are just so much freaking fun to drive, <laughs> right? Yeah. They're just so much fun to drive. There's nothing like it. So a big paradigm shift has, I think, happened in the minds of consumers, and they now see battery-powered cars as equal, maybe even superior to petrol-powered cars. And then lastly, like I said earlier, innovation is critical, and innovation across the entire energy spectrum is greater than, than ever before. So you know, these are some of the, the things that I think are kind of driving the transition. So what will the energy transition look like in Houston in the coming decades? We're shaping the transition as we're going along. You know, the transition, it, it's going to be one where, where we meet the world's growing energy needs and we do it with low carbon energy solutions. And it, it's going to be a transition where Houston leads the world to an era of low cost, reliable and climate friendly energy because nowhere else in the world and I'm taking this quote from my chairman, mm. right? Nowhere is there such a concentration of scientists, of engineers, of economists who understand energy systems and they can affect real change. So Energy 2.0, it's a fantastic business opportunity because it's both necessary, yeah, right? And it's, it's absolutely the right thing to do. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ruel. It's a lot of fun being here. And that's it for this episode of the Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so by visiting the podcast page on Houston.org. You'll also find links to recent data and news updates. And check out our other podcast, Small Biz Insider, which highlights the innovative business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders of the greater Houston area making a big impact in small business. Houston.org is where you can stay up to date with the partnership events, networking opportunities, and more. Thanks again for listening to the Bayou Business Download. Until next time, I'm AJ Mistretta, encouraging you to engage with the partnership as we work to make Houston greater.